is the Not Ugly Pod, where we talk beauty that's odd. Look, I'm not a rapper, but you get the vibe. Hello, and welcome to the Not Ugly Podcast. I am your host, Sarita Fontanesi, pronoun she, her. Today, I am joined by the incredible Natalie of Body Positive Bar, and I'm so excited to get to spend some time today and chat with Natalie. We met a couple months ago at a plus-size clothing swap, which... If you haven't heard of it, if you haven't been to one before, highly recommend. The way the clothing swap worked is all the clothes had to be at least an uh, extra large. So it was heaven, truly. And then a bunch of plus size gays, girls, theys, friends. And we had so much fun. Natalie, do you want to introduce yourself to the folks? Yes. Thank you so much, Sarita. My name is Natalie. My pronouns are she, her. I am a bar instructor, virtual bar instructor. I'm based here in Austin, Texas, but I teach all of my classes virtually online so you can join from wherever. I am plus size. I've been plus size my entire life and I'm very passionate about bringing movement to everyone or at least making it more accessible to more bodies. Uh, And I'm really excited to be here. Yes, I love that. I was talking to a friend recently and was saying that I normally have pretty intense seasonal depression layered on top of my regular depression. (laughs) This one's special in (laughs) wintertime. But I have a puppy, so he doesn't care. He doesn't understand that. He doesn't care. So I spent at least, you know, 15, 20 minutes every day outside in the sun And then was also regularly going to like a weekly Pilates class. And this has been the most manageable my seasonal depression has ever been, which is amazing. And I'm low-key a little mad that it truly was get in the sun and like move joyously, like not out of punishment. I'm like, wow, it really worked. (laughs) Yes, it's so helpful, isn't it? And if we could make some of these spaces a little bit more inviting... Other folks who are in a similar boat to you, certainly during the winter, you know, might be able to feel some more joy, even without leaving their home if it's virtual fitness. But it just seems so silly that just a little bit of movement can make us feel totally different that day. (laughs) Yeah, like I've been doing like gentle mat Pilates, like I call it my geriatric like class. And I love it because it's so kind to my joints and to my body. I feel so good and strong after. And truly, I am like, wow. So when you don't hate, the movement that you're doing and you're not doing physical activity as a means of punishment or to earn something, whatever, to justify your existence. It can be fun and it can lift your mood. Yeah. You might um, be a little more tired when you go to bed. So then you fall asleep easier. You get better rest. You wake up ready to do it again the next day. Maybe not that we ever, ever earn any of our food or anything like that. But sometimes when I move more, I'm like, okay, what foods do I want to eat to like nourish my body today? Mm. Instead of feeling in a slump and maybe reaching for something that's amazing and tastes good and feels good on my brain. Right. But maybe then I also am eating a little bit differently and stuff too. When I'm moving, there's so many more benefits to finding movement that works. And that key that you've been saying is movement doesn't have to be punishment. It can be gentle and it can be really nice. And that can be it. It doesn't have to be this like big, intense, sweaty workout, you know? (laughs) No shade to anyone, but I'm never going to be a CrossFit girly. That's okay. I'm okay with that. I've done the therapy to be okay with that. 
Yes. <laughs> but yes, joyous movement that feels good, both in terms of like how you move and how you feel after truly yep. a revolutionary concept. It is. And I, I feel like I was stolen away from some of that joy younger in my life. And so I'm so glad to have found peace with my body and with movement. Same thing, done that healing and therapy too. So now have it be a part of my life. It's great. <laughs> you are here, folks. We believe in joyous movement. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, to get things started, Natalie, I always like to ask folks, um, if you had a dumb amount of money, so like we're stupid rich, we're not worried about paying our bills, student loans, don't know her. Dumb amount of money, what beauty product or beauty treatment are you getting? Dumb amount of money absolutely would be daily body work, as in massages. At my house, like someone comes to me, I get a massage at the end of every day. That sounds amazing. Like that's, I never want to be someone who's like famous or in the public eye, but damn, it would be nice to have some money to be able to get more massages. <laughs> right, right. You've got the money, however you got the money. <laughs> yeah. Daily massage. Oh my goodness. That just sounds luxurious. Yes. Right. <laughs> I have a friend who takes a morning bath. And like Ooh. to me, that feels like the height of luxury. Like I shower at night. So like just getting clean in the morning also is just sort of like, whoa, you can do it again. But <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Some people spend time making their coffee. Some people spend time doom scrolling, like whatever. We have our morning routines. And they were like, mine is just a bath. Like it's a 20, 30 minute bath. It's nothing like wild. And they're like, I do all the stuff that I would do in a shower. But with the like luxury, there's just something about a bath that just makes it so luxurious. And like laying down. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I, also, I would have a hard time not going back to sleep. And yeah. I think similarly with a massage, I would need it to be either in the afternoon and I can take a nap or before I go to bed. Cause I don't know that yes. I could like, get a massage in the morning and be like, this is just like a cup of coffee. <laughs> Agreed. It would have to be at night for me too. I'm a sleepy, sleepy girl in the morning. So yes, it would put me right back to sleep. <laughs> That's the future we're fighting for. <laughs> yes. Right there. I don't dream of labor, but I do dream of daily massages. <laughs> I definitely dream of daily massages. <laughs> so we know that we're getting daily massages so that we can feel good and limber for our joyous movement, thinking about the things that make you enjoy your body and make you feel good about your body. What does beauty mean to you? Ah, I think that my definition of beauty has definitely changed as I've gotten older. I'm 34 and beauty to me now is just being okay and proud of yourself and then being able to carry yourself confidently through the world is such a beautiful thing. Like you can absolutely tell when you're chatting with someone who's done some of that work to really love themselves, you, they radiate out, right? Like a, a different type of beauty that is so like meaningful just to them. And I, I like to think that I do that, that I've done a lot of work to get to that point. You know, beauty in the past has meant unrealistic white supremacy versions of beauty standards being ultra thin or the blonde hair, whatever it is. And I'm, I'm so proud to have divested away from that and really search for like what beauty means. And, and yeah, it's definitely the self-work that we do for ourselves and then how we get to carry ourselves through the world is so beautiful. I love what you said about like being really intentional and divesting from those really like archaic, harmful mm -hmm. 
supremacist standards of beauty because it does take active work. I feel like even when you are living a thoughtful and intentional life around the images you consume, inevitably someone in their stuff or the internet, whatever, will decide to just like drop some garbage (laughs) into your life. And I'm curious, especially because not only are you in the movement space, but bar and and like I was talking about Pilates earlier, like these are uh, movement spaces that have been highly curated and co-opted by thin, white, wealthy, no problems in the world, cis women for the most part. And so how do you navigate that space, not only consuming, but also being an instructor, knowing that that's not that's one, not who you are and two, not how you view the world? It's challenging. I think that um, I'm a big fan of representation in general. And so just putting like images of myself on the internet, doing bar, Pilates, whatever it is to like let people know other people who aren't in those thin, white, able-bodied bodies are not the only people that do this. And so you definitely have to like intentionally seek out other people who are also doing the thing too and posting when they're moving and what it looks like and how it looks different than what we just see in stock images or even YouTube videos of that type of movement. It's truly like a constant reminder that like the imposter syndrome comes in, but I get such nice messages or emails from folks being like, I just needed to see someone doing it so that I could start doing it. So I can encourage my friend to start doing it or start moving more or whatever it is. And so representation, like that's definitely how I got myself out of like the beauty standard hole. I love Instagram still, but 10 years ago, Instagram, seeing like people like Gabby Gregg, a a fat black woman or Jessamine Stanley, another fat black human being. And I'm like, these folks are like doing the hard work that of just paving the way. And I consumed what they would post on the internet and be like, I can do this too. So It takes courage of someone else starting the thing or someone else talking about the thing that you've never thought that other people talk about or also have the internal dialogue about uh, and then consuming it intentionally, like truly curating your feed, curating your emails, your newsletters that you get, the books that you read, all of that to really reinforce someone who looks like me is also doing this thing that I want to do and I can do it too. It takes a long time though. I mean, I've been on Instagram almost 10 years now and I wore my first bikini 10 years ago. And like, so that's when that journey really started. And now today I feel so different and so good. And I like always just encourage people like just start slow and do a little bit of what you want to change at a time. And over time we'll build up those habits. (laughs) Yes. I love that so much. You mentioned Jessamine and I got to meet them. I think it was in 2017 or 2018. It was when everybody yoga came out and I got me and my friend tickets uh, and we got the book and I like made my friend. I am late to every single thing in my life. I was late to my own wedding both days. I got married on a Friday. We did a party on a Saturday. I was late to both. Um, (laughs) But I made my friend go with me early so that we could stake out what the like seating arrangement was going to be like because they had said that they were going to do a book signing after. But I was like, I need to breathe the same air. And they signed my book and they were so sweet and kind. They answered my question from the audience, which I was on cloud nine. (laughs) Truly, I I say that not just so that I can humble brag about meeting Jessamine, but also because that was at the beginning of my yoga journey. And I ended up getting certified and becoming a yoga teacher for a while because 
I saw someone that looked like me. A fat black person was doing all the poses, not just the like safe ones or quote easy ones. Jasmine was like, this is how you get upside down. This is how you like balance on your arms. Like there's no limit other than what you feel safe and comfortable doing. And I always appreciated how open they were about their easy days, their hard days. There are days where movement feels really good and days where movement is the last thing that they wanted to do. And that felt so incredibly validating because very much had this image in my head of everybody who goes to yoga looks a certain way, acts a certain way. Everything in their life is perfect because they have yoga. And that's not true. Oh my gosh. I just can't even talk enough about like, they talk about like, move your belly, like literally pick it up and move it over into the center. Or they'll be like, okay, we've gone from sitting to standing. Adjust your leggings if you need to. Did they roll down? You don't need to like hide it and be secretive. Like, oh my gosh, just radical. The way that you talk about your body when it's neutral like that, like it's not a good or a bad thing that I have to move my belly out of the way, but it's a fact and I'm going to deal with it right now so that my movement can be more comfortable, a deeper stretch, whatever it is, more challenging, maybe Uh, just that radical permission to accept that that's your body and then adjust and like, just leave it at that. Right. Like, and of course, when we get to hear something talked about neutrally like that, then maybe it does shift into like, Oh, this is actually like, this isn't a bad thing that I have a belly. It's just a thing that I have. And just starting to shift our narrative around what's good and what's bad and who told us that it has to be good or bad. And like, what's going on here? To that point, I think like so many of us, I came into the body positive movement and was like, yes, let's love all bodies. Like we love our bodies. Everybody's a good body, which there's nothing wrong with that. But as I have dug deeper and to the movement have really moved into this body neutrality space and and that being like a cornerstone of liberation because to your point having a belly means nothing other than having a belly that's it so much meaning has been assigned to it moral morality and what it must mean about you economically will and desires and hopes and dreams must be simply because you have a belly that sometimes needs to be repositioned based on the pose that you're in which is a scam a fraud a lie And I found myself, you know, feeling like, well, I'm not always positive about my body. And I'm, it's not even that I'm negative about it sometimes. I mean, sure, we all have our days, mm-hmm. but there are some days where I'm just aware that I have a body. There are other days where I'm like, wow, I'm the hottest bitch in the game. No one hotter than me. There are yeah. other days where I'm like, I don't know that I need to be around a mirror right now as part of self-care, right? And so moving from a place of neutrality rather than what I discovered was being positive about my body set me up for failure because it didn't allow me to be fully honest and have the full experience of having a body. Whereas if I'm working towards neutrality or working to sort of live within neutrality and then whatever happens, whichever way I go, I go and remembering I can come back to neutrality and then try again from there. Like that I found was incredibly liberating because it honored my experience. It allowed me to have the full range of emotions and it allowed me an opportunity to reset that wasn't Sarita, like stop being so hard on yourself. Sarita, like that wasn't me just being mean to myself in a different way. (laughs) You get like this opportunity to grieve your like breakup with diet culture slash beauty standards instead of having to just be positive. I am 
I'm only going to think positive things. Like, it's totally fair to also be like, you know what? I'm pissed that I even have to think this much about my body and it being good or bad. I get to, I can be sad about this and I can acknowledge that I might even have some diet culture thoughts come back in at any moment. But you're right. Then you get to go back to the center, back to the neutrality knowing we can go positive or negative at any time, but we get to get back to that center. And I I love that. I think that's such a great way to put it. You know, we've started to touch on this a little bit, but I'm curious, how has your definition of beauty changed over time? And maybe what were some of the catalysts to those changes? Well, when I first really started learning more about what actually is capitalism, like what is it doing to all of us? I grew up um, in a Republican household and a lot of like toxic positivity can be a part of that too, or just not in wanting to engage in difficult conversations, not confronting like reality reality of the systems that we all need to participate in and not being critical of them. When I moved into a place of like, no, 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 we can actually talk about this. And like, it's okay to be talking about how things can be better for everyone and how capitalism sucks. So once I got, like started learning some of that stuff, what really, like really then got a hold in my brain and I'm so thankful for it was like, who is profiting off of me disliking myself? <laughs> Where's yes. the money going? Ah, and so that is what definitely like launched me into like, okay, I get to decide what's hot or what's beautiful or what I, my likes and dislikes don't have to be the same as what is being projected onto all of us. That's I, I'd say that's definitely like how it started. And then it's just grown into more acceptance over time. Follow the money. If you follow the money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to conspiracy rabbit hole, but... For almost anything, if you follow the money, we will get a solution that will always come back to capitalism and racism without fail. I think that's such an important question to ask. Who benefits, who profits off of me not liking myself? As someone that is very stubborn and petty... That was a really great motivator for me of like, wait a minute, you're getting rich off of me not liking myself, off of me hating myself, off of me being self-destructive. And if anyone's going to make money off of me, it's me. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Could not agree more. (laughs) If I can benefit or at least again, neutralize like what is happening based off of my experience, then that feels a good, a good stick it to the man, you know? Absolutely. I think too, as I've grown and done more therapy, understanding that there's like two things that can be true at once. It doesn't have to be like only this and only this, right? I'm really pretty girly. I have my nails all done right now. I usually have a lot of makeup on because I love makeup. But today I was like, no, I'm going on this podcast. So I have to put my face on if I don't want to, <laughs> you know, sticking it to the man when I want to. Right. But I fall still victim to like some beauty things. I love to getting dolled up. I love getting dressed. That's also okay too. <laughs> like I can like all those still recognizing that it's being sold to me to like those things, but that's okay. I can like them too. I saw a meme that was like a sign of growth is I'm no longer dressing up for the male gaze, but so a drunk girl in the bathroom can tell me how pretty I am. And I was like, yes. hell yeah, more compliments. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that was like the cornerstone of our plus size clothing swap where we met was like everyone just being really have like positive, but not toxic positive, just like 
this looks good. You look amazing. Oh yeah. I brought that shirt. It's going to look awesome on you. Like it was such a empowering experience. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's a really important distinction, right? Empowering versus just false positive in that I genuinely trusted that every single person at that um, clothing swap would tell me the truth about something that I was looking at and trying on. And from a place of just like, you might not feel great in that or like we could do better than that. Right. And also I loved being hyped up. I love hyping other people up. Like I remember there was someone who was trying on a pair of pants they were a little on the fence about. And I was just like, look, I think those are dope pants and you look really good in them. So 10 out of 10 recommend. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Thinking through how, like we were saying, you have to be like intentional. You have to like be really thoughtful about what you're consuming. What are some of the things that maybe make you question your beauty? Ooh, like question what I view as beautiful. Is that kind of the question? Yeah, what you view as beautiful, how you view yourself and your own beauty, but like the things that challenge the hard work we've put in to like ourselves. <laughs> like recognizing, understanding, like marketing is a wild thing that there's a lot of money. Like again, the money, right? The capitalism side of it is like always what's driving, always what's scary. I work in the corporate America uh, full-time and I'm always thinking about, yeah, like ways to get consumers to buy the things that I'm selling too. I guess like when I think about my own beauty. I I really do like vote with my dollars too. So I'm like, there's this thing, maybe it'll be a benefit. Maybe it's a face mask brand or something like that. And I enjoy that. I think that that's a fun way to spend my time. So then how can I find a company that's like maybe woman owned, maybe black woman owned, maybe like smaller business. So I still try to put my money or my time, my dollars into beauty things that are going to benefit other women or other people too, or It's like, hey, can I go to a local spa that's woman-owned too or something like that? So I'm always thinking about ways because we do have to participate. Realistically then, like, okay, how can I make this um, still like a nice experience for me and be impactful to my community? So I think that that's kind of like, yeah, ways that I've just taken into account my beauty routines and things. Like I, I try to bring those thoughts along with me, but... I also have really tried to just like also embrace that like we don't, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, we like don't actually don't even have to be pretty or like good looking. You don't even have to care at all like what you look like. Like you can just be kind of ugly and that's okay. <laughs> like, and But it takes a lot, a lot to just like admit that to yourself. Like really think about it for a little bit and just be like, actually like I don't have to look good at all at any time. Like I know that this idea that we have to be polished, it, it still all roots goes back to racism and white supremacy in the end. So like, what if I'm just a okay with like not being you not that I don't think that I'm not attractive well it's okay if you're not too <laughs> like it's okay <laughs> right giving ourselves permission like there are fully times where I'm like I just want to be a gremlin I don't want to put in any effort I don't want to do anything and I still have to go run errands I still have to mm-hmm. have meetings whatever I am allowed to exist just in my human meat sack no more yeah. no less and I I think there is a beauty in that. And like, that is saying that I am comfortable with myself and I fully know and understand my inherent worth and value, regardless of what I am presenting to the world. Cause and yeah. maybe because I'm a Leo, but I'm like the whole life is a show and which version of me do I want to show up as today? Which, which meat sack, which makeup, whatever. Like I'm also very femme. I get my nails done. I get my hair done. I put on makeup because it's fun and I like watching tutorials and trying something out that has not always been the case. Again, I I know that I am capable, I am kind, I am compassionate, I'm all of these things regardless of if I have a huge zit on my face, regardless of if I've put on a face or 
if I'm just in those sweats that are falling apart, I am, I'm still a human worthy of love and of compassion and dignity. Do you remember the orange CoverGirl mascara, the orange tube? I think it was Lash Blast. Because we're like yes. around 32, like we're around the same yeah. age. So the way that mascara had a chokehold on my coming of age and just giving me clumpy spider lashes. I saw a commercial for it recently with Queen Latifah again because she was one of their reps back then and part of me had like a visceral response <laughs> which is like this can't be a thing again we are not going back to the days of spider lashes I don't care what anyone says and then I was like also who cares like I don't mm -hmm. have to like it I don't have to buy it if it brings someone else joy go off whatever yes what is for me is for me and what is for you is for you I love that not related to beauty standards but I kind of got to that same realization when I used to be like snooty on people's music tastes like oh you like that I can't let and then finally I was like what am I doing that brings someone joy like they're into it like just let them be they can enjoy that thing it's not for me but it's for them it's not bringing anyone any harm it's not unethical it's not unsafe so they can enjoy that thing <laughs> um I think when we bring that into beauty standards that's super important self-expression is so important life is a show like what you're talking about and so if someone likes to do their makeup or likes to have the big big fluffy eyebrows or likes to overdraw their lips or wants to get cheek fillers or doesn't want wrinkles on their forehead. That's fine. <laughs> Go for it. Change your appearance. You're allowed to do that. I do think we should absolutely understand why we might want these things. Is it because we want to show status? Is it because we want to have the latest product on our face and in our hands? And then that might be it. That could just be it. So making sure that you definitely check yourself, but then just like what you like and embrace what you like and, and it's all okay. Yes, absolutely. I, I think that's so important or such an important reminder of of check in like the motivation behind it but to your point of is it, it's not harmful it's not bigoted right like it's not being bad in the world it's just bringing you joy for whatever reason that it brings you joy go for it you only live once and at the yes. current of this planet might not be for much longer so <laughs> i just keep getting tattoos i'm like all right let's keep just right. covering I, my body in art <laughs> the other day i was like i haven't gotten a tattoo in a little bit like i need another one let's feel alive yes. Remember yes. that we're human. Yes. <laughs> However you want to modify your body, that's your business. Yes, that's right. So with that in mind, what or who makes you feel beautiful? I am the oldest of four girls in my family. And so I love like anything beauty related with my sisters is really fun. Being around them makes me feel pretty and empowered and strong and all the things that internally make you then feel more beautiful on the outside. Being with like near my sisters and my mom um, and my dad too. Like it's uh, like, I just love being with my family. I also have a really incredible boyfriend who makes me feel beautiful every day. We check in with each other too. And we talk about things that make us feel good and empowered and beautiful. And like the days when you just feel blah and off or whatever, but we just meet ourselves where we're at every day. We don't allow like nastiness of any kind into our like relationship, but not toxic positivity, realistic <laughs> and, and remaining positive is always a good thing. Like I'm so thankful for him and he makes me feel really beautiful. And then the people that I like interact with, I love my people on the internet that I interact with. Everyone is so beautiful and like, I'm really just interested in like people who are really living in their truth, doing what they want to do, sharing their art, sharing their business, whatever it is, they get so much joy out of that. But I think that that's really beautiful. And it makes it makes me want to continue to do that too. And I definitely like rely on my community quite a bit to to make me feel beautiful. But then same thing, 
looking at myself in the mirror and just being like, oh, I don't like this like one thing on my face. Maybe this is it. Maybe it's something else. And then it just again me like, oh, I wonder why. Let's check in about that and what's going on here. And just like giving yourself a lot of grace and just a lot of times to like process all the emotions that come with feeling beautiful too. That's so heartwarming and lovely. <laughs> um, oh, we're just getting a little emotional. Um, I want to touch on something that you said about community, but whether it's your sisters, your partner, your the our internet friends, your real friends, I'm a big proponent <laughs> of that, especially getting through the pandemic. But I would love to hear a little bit more of how you found your community, how you created that community for yourself. Because as much as I want to believe that every single person is like, yes, radical beauty, like let's go. I know that that's not true. Um, so yeah, we just love to hear a little bit about um, your community. I like to just be like pretty open and transparent with people about like I've had a lot of conversations about body stuff with a lot of people whereas when I was younger I wouldn't have I would like dance around the topic I would be like either actively pursuing intentional weight loss and talking about it very actively people want to talk to you if you're trying to lose weight about losing weight because a lot of people are always trying to lose weight so it's something to bond over. It's something to glom onto. And as I've gotten older, you go to a bachelorette party or something. And like, there's so much talk about what you should and shouldn't eat and all these things. Instead, just like kind of drawing that boundary of like, hey, I just like don't want to talk. I don't want this to be a topic of conversation the whole weekend that we're here. Can we literally talk about anything else except for like what we should and shouldn't be eating? You don't know if someone else here has an eating disorder or orthorexia or something like that, right? And so let's be conscious that this could really trigger some people. And so by being brave or bold enough to be able to just like reach those topics, I think is is important. Um, so boundaries help to establish community, and then not forcing though anyone in your community to have to always have those conversations over and over with you. I definitely went from like no conversations to like it's all I wanted to talk about with people. That's also crossing a boundary for a lot of people too. They don't want to always be thinking about being happy in their bigger body. Like it's okay if you don't want to just always be thinking about that. So trying to find that balance right in the middle, right? Of like, I, do, I don't want to be talking about this all the time with you, but it is something I'm really passionate about. And I'm here if you want to talk about it at any time too. So making like making it known that like you're a safe space to unpack some of that stuff. Maybe some of your friends want to come talk about how they don't want to be on this diet anymore, but their mom won't shut up about it. And like just getting to be able to talk about it. I also think on that note too, actually finding other other fat friends has been like transformative. <laughs> like a lot of my girlfriends, they are incredible and they are an ally and they will make sure that there's a chair that fits or that I'm going to be able to wear something comfortable. The t-shirt's going to fit me. All those things are really great from your thin ally friends. But finding other people that also look like you that you can be in direct community with is like truly inspiring, truly wild. Everyone goes through it. There's a really great Austin plus size Facebook group. I hate Facebook, but I love being in this group where people can be like, hey, this doctor didn't treat me like shit. You should go see them too. Or, hey, I have some clothes I'm giving away. Let's do a clothing swap. Like there's other people who can do, who, who also are seeking care as well. Um, and you can give and take from each other, which is really nice. The underground care network is so real. I think this is something that a lot of marginalized communities can relate to and how we have to have like almost code sometimes, especially with like healthcare providers, with therapists, with physical like fitness instructors, all kinds mm -hmm. of things to make sure. To your point, if they do not have the lived experience that they can hold space for our lived experience. And there's no way that one person can have all the things. But to your point, can we make sure that we are speaking about humans 
humans in a way that is human-centered and dignified and not just about our identities. And because to your point, right, like some days I just don't want to talk about the fact that I have a body. Like it's just not an interest to me that day. Um, Perhaps I watched a good documentary and that's what I want to dive into, right? And, And so being able to, like you said, set those boundaries and also set those boundaries for yourself because I know I can also get in a bad, I won't say bad, I can just get in a space where, oh, I want to learn more. I want to be more informed. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm just consuming so much content about myself, about others that I have forgotten that it's more than just a theory and it's a lived experience, sometimes my own, sometimes someone else's. I want to consume that in a way that is not going to be soul crushing and overwhelming. I feel like I've gotten to a point where like my feed is just a lot of good activism things. And that's what I really wanted out of my feed over the last like five years or so. But I'm like, holy shit, uh, I need a little bit more room for joy in there and silliness. So maybe you need to follow some of that because that also fuels my soul being goofy and fun. doesn't have to always be so serious too. <laughs> yeah, that's so real. And I, <laughs> to anyone in the activist space, and I'm also saying this to myself, We do not have to be so serious all the time. Every moment is not a soapbox grandstanding moment. And again, I have to catch myself. Actually, I had a friend recently. I was talking to them about how they're not on Instagram anymore. And they were like, it was just getting a little too activist heavy. And so everything that I was consuming and that other people were posting wasn't updates about their life anymore. It was like, here's this fucked up cause. Here's this atrocity that happened. We should be informed. We should be fighting. And while that is meaningful and important, I can't fight all the time. And they kind of called me out. They were like, you know, you do that. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like I get so caught up in like, oh my God, I didn't know about this. Someone else could not know about this. So it is my duty now to share about this thing, especially if it relates directly to me. I want the people in my life to know these things. And then I forget that sometimes I just want to be head empty. I just want to be silly, goofy, no thoughts, just vibes. And I have to remind myself to find that balance so I don't burn out. That's right. My my friends and I just went to another friend's wedding and we all got to travel together, which was really a fun time to stay in an Airbnb with 14 people is so fun. But I was like, okay, let's see how dumb we can get on this vacation. <laughs> like no thoughts, just vibes. Let's get a little dumber. And like, again, just bringing goofy, silly, just dumb, stupid shit to it. I love it, right? It's a good way to let loose let go. And so, yeah, now I'm like, all right, I'm chase getting dumber. New Year's resolution was to be dumber and hotter this year. Yes. I'm not, I'm sick of thinking. I'm sick of being self-aware. I just want to escape into YouTube tutorials and put together outfits on like paper dolls. Like I'm five and just dumber and hotter because wow, is it tough being a human? Yes. I just recently got into um, like fantasy books too. I'm reading those A Court of Thorns and Roses books. If anyone is looking for a new series, you should check that out. But like, it's a total escape from reality. Now, do uh, beauty standards and things like that absolutely get into fantasy books? Yes. (laughs) Um, But as someone who's like thought very critically about the beauty, I, I can recognize that, right? When I'm reading it and still enjoy it. Like, I know some of it might be a little bit problematic, but whatever. <laughs> um, but fully leaning into like escapism through audiobooks and real books <laughs> is the best. <laughs> I'm very pro audiobooks. I struggle to yes. read like a, I think grad school just broke my brain. But also to your point, and I think this comes up 
particularly, this is particularly challenging in beauty in that there can be this really intense all or nothing around what you consume and what you engage with. And like, well, if I'm going to be a fat activist or if I'm going to fight for fat liberation, then that means I can't shop any of these brands and I can't own a single piece of makeup. I can't, I can't engage in physical activity because that's going to seem like I'm intentionally trying to lose weight and that goes against spirals, right? And and I'm curious, I would love to hear, especially because like you're in such a unique position as a fitness instructor, how you balance the the, like you said, shopping with your dollars, engaging with intentional content while also living your truth and being honest. Yeah. Talking about moving without intentional weight loss as a goal, truly transformative for me of, whoa, there are actually a lot of people out there that are just moving because it's really good for their mental health. They sleep better. They, like we were talking about too, they eat better. You have better sex. You have all these other things that like make your life better if you've increased your flexibility or increased your strength. Maybe you really enjoy walking, your knee or your ankle has been hurting you lately. So you do some strength training on your knee and your ankle so that you can continue to walk longer. I always like to check in with folks and talk about like your movement why. Instead of our movement why being only aesthetic based, which is totally fine if that's why you're moving. Again, you're allowed to change your body if that's what you want to do. But when you actually are like, actually (laughs) movement will give me all these different things. Like I like to like really dumb it down and just be like, I want to be able to get up and down off of the ground without it being painful or hard. (laughs) And I want to be able to do that every day. So basic mobility things. And I think that there's just like not enough fitness folks talking about how good movement is for mobility and long-term mobility. As we get older, we're going to be sitting more. Or as you get older, maybe that's when depression starts to kick in or like we have to go to our jobs. We have to pay our rent. We have to do our thing. And so maybe then you can allow movement to be part of your escape. And it doesn't have to only be because of aesthetics. It's like, no, I want to continue to be just comfortable existing in this world, in my body, because I know my limit that I can twist to the side without my back seizing up on me or that I can get my Christmas tree down from my, you know, way up in the back corner of my closet without like being super fatigued. So reminding folks that like movement does all of these other things for us and giving examples of why we might want to continue to move so that we can play with our kids, play with our dogs, all these things, right? I, like I will die on that hill and like hammer that home. And like, I bring that into my classes. Like I'm like, here's one of my movement wise. Like I want to be able to fully sit up and like touch as close to my toes as I can and bring it down. Is it morally bad if I can't do this? No, there's no good or bad, but like, that's just one of the things that I'm, I'm working towards. So not assigning good and bad and reminding people that there's other things to work on during movement that just make us feel good instead of look good. Just reminding people that, that that there's a lot of other people that move like this too, just because the marketing is saying we only move to look skinnier um, is not true. There's so many people also working towards goals that are mobility-based or that have nothing to do with that too. Finding your community, finding your instructor that reaffirms this to you and reminds you like that it's okay is super important. It's hard to do, but it's it's so important. Yeah, definitely finding those like, maybe quote non-traditional like motivating factors but if it if it brings you joy if it is not problematic go for it 
that's so important is like, no, I want to like be able to do this confidently, comfortably. That's kind of what I want to get out of people in my classes is like, find your individual little movement wise. Maybe you hate bringing in the groceries and you want to be able to carry them all at once. That's me. <laughs> I, I like that too. How many can I hold? Or like, just little, little things that like, yeah, literally spark joy for you. And then just glob onto those and be like, that's going to be my motivator this week or this month or this year, whatever it is. Yeah. To your point of you're allowed to want to change your body for a multitude of valid reasons um, or just have different relationship with your body. And in that same way, that means you're probably going to have different things that motivate you and different things that get you excited. And I, again, that all or nothing, right? I, if I wake up one day and I don't want to do Pilates anymore, that must mean that I'm this huge failure who never really could do it. And it's like, or maybe I'm just bored by this movement for now and I'm going to yes. go find something else. I might come back. I might not. I'm still, again, a person worthy of of dignity that's like such a great way if you can like just stay in that headspace i think that that's so important what i think as a fitness instructor the instructors themselves get also caught up in like oh my god no one comes to my class so i'm not a good instructor i'm not worthy fair and totally valid thoughts to have but it's not true right like there's yoga teachers like if you want to leave the class early like as a participant the yoga teacher might follow you out and shame you for leaving and like those are the kind of instructors, right, that I like stay far, far away from. Someone with this like massive ego that I'm like, I don't want to know anything about you. I like to give a lot of a lot of cues that like you can pause, take a break, sit down for a little bit, put your weights down and keep moving without your weights if you want to, or just literally take a break. I model that in my classes too by taking a break. I also think um, for at-home movement, if it's virtual, I say in the beginning of every class, your camera can be on or off for class. It's totally up to you. You can turn it on or off at any point in the class. Even if you want just five minutes to say hello for the warm-up, then you turn off your camera. That's okay. Fitness instructors that are like, no, you have to have your camera on and come to my class. I'm like, hmm, this isn't about you. Like that could really trigger someone's body image by watching them move, physically move. I love like a gym that doesn't have any mirrors is one of my favorite things. I do think form is important, right? We want, and sometimes just looking at ourselves moving is good to be able to be like, oh, I should have my back straighter or whatever. But man, if you work out without any mirrors and just notice how it feels in your body, we start to strip away some of the beauty standards around why we're moving because we just then can just focus on how we feel while we're moving instead of what we look like while we're moving. I think virtual fitness has been a great tool for some people to be able to move without having to look at themselves moving. And I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I genuinely think virtual movement really helped me reestablish a relationship around like fitness that wasn't like super isolated. Like I tried yeah. to become a Peloton girly and I was just like, this bike is so uncomfortable. I'm, I don't want to get you. Everybody was like, you'll get used to it. And I, was, I don't want to be used to this. Again, no shade. If it is for you, it is for you. It is just not for me. But of course, in the pandemic, as we were all fighting off massive depression on top of not trying to catch a deadly disease, I was like, okay, like I'm getting stir crazy. I got to do something. Mm -hmm. Found virtual movement and was like, I do really enjoy group classes. And when it is safe to do that, I now have something to look forward to, to be able to get back into that space. And also to be able to, it gave me permission to set boundaries for myself and to figure out like what 
worked for me, what didn't work for me, what was safe for me, both emotionally and physically and what wasn't. So that then when I did get into the physical space around other people, I felt way more confident asserting what I needed uh, and like making adjustments, whatever. And I don't know if I would have been able to get there without having had space in my own home where I could turn the camera off. If I just want to lay down next to my dog, I can and no one's mad at me. And I'm grateful for that because like I said, I now can be in person as safe as it is to be in person right now and and know that I know how to listen to myself well enough to know if I need a break, if I want a modification, if I want to push myself harder, if I need to just not go to class at all today, like whatever, whatever the case may be, I feel more capable and more informed to do that. But absolutely to your point, it was because I was able to move in a way that felt safe and free of judgment. Yes. That's what I also like free strength class too, is like friendly reminder. Like this is a space where we get to explore what our limit is so that exactly if we go to a class in person or if we're it might just make us like want to try new things because we feel more confident because we've tried a new thing already in a safe space and it was okay. So maybe I'll try another new thing then again later and understand that if I can't do it, like physically my body can't do one of these moves, it doesn't mean that I'm not worthy of picking a modification or an option that works better for me. And like you said, I have that confidence and the toolbox to know what I should do, what what I am capable of. And I'm going to fall back on that because it makes me feel good. Uh, I've had several people go to in-person bar classes then, and they're like, holy shit, they're really hard. Uh, it is a lot harder when you can hold onto a bar on the wall. Like, we, I don't teach like that. Not everyone has a bar at home. Um, so I modified to make it um, good for at-home movement. But they're like, but I felt confident and ready to take on that difficult class because I knew I could just take a break. Even if the instructor is going at me, even if the other people in the class are like, what are you doing? Why are you stopping moving? I know I have the empowerment inside me that like, no, I'm allowed to take a break or I'm allowed to modify this. And it doesn't make me any worse of a student or any less worthy to be here, you know, and it it takes practice. You just reminded me of a tattoo that I've been wanting for a while on my like clavicle. I want it to be backwards so that when I look in the mirror, it's reading forward and say, no one cares. So much of the things that make us feel bad about ourselves and the things that make us feel not beautiful is what we assume other people are thinking about us. There's absolutely fucked up stuff that people say and do and images out there by all means. But even when you've worked through the like, okay, that that's marketing, that's just capitalism, that whatever, all of that, we still, the lies we tell ourselves and how much we are convinced that everyone is staring and judging and thinking negative things, nine cases out of 10, nobody cares. And that one person who does care, you don't need to be their friend, right? Like we that's right. to engage with that person. No, they don't need to be for you. <laughs> right. They're not my people and that's fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> totally. Totally. I think that it, it's hard to practice that, but it's so important to remind ourselves. Well, Natalie, this has been amazing. And I'm so glad that we got to talk and I got to hear more about you and your journey and all the incredible things that you're doing. Um, before we wrap up, if you would like to share how folks can get in touch with you, find you, see your work, um, and just anything you want to leave people with. Awesome. Yeah. You can find me. I'm pretty active on Instagram. I need to really get my TikTok going, but it's I just scroll on there, but, um, my username is body posi bar, which is B O D Y P O S I B A R R E. 
Um, my website's the same, bodyposibar.com. That's where you can sign up for classes. I teach live on Zoom on Mondays and Thursdays. Mondays, it's a 30-minute class at 6 p.m. Central Time. Thursdays, it's a 50-minute class at 6 p.m. Central Time. Every first Friday of the month, I also do a free community class um, at 5 p.m. It's a 30-minute, pretty basic class. I like to just keep it fun and light. Um, fitness, you know, is not accessible to everyone. It's really expensive to go to group fitness classes. So I wanted to offer a once-a-month free class Um, And I have people who only come to that once a month free class. And it's awesome. I love that they sign up every time. Um, You don't have to move live with me, though. I send out a recording to the class after every single class. So like right after. So you can always download it, repeat it as many times as you want. Um, And also every first class that you take is free if you use the code first free at checkout. So you can come to community bar class, free class, and still get another free class too. So I love to like connect with people in my DMs on Instagram too. So you can always send me a DM. Um, I do have a couple of in-person events that will be happening in the spring in Austin, which will be really fun. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, where you can find me. I'll be teaching away. I, oh, I also do a monthly like seated bar class. Um, and it's posted on my Instagram, which class of the month will be seated where we are seated in a chair literally for the entire class. I encourage you to try that out. If you're just getting back into fitness and want to ease into it, seated bar is not easy. (laughs) I do want to make sure that that's clear. Um, but it might feel more accessible and more like what you're ready for if you're just starting out. Um, I also do that because I'd like to welcome people of different abilities to come join us for class once a month. Yes. I love that. We love options. We love yes. 399, um, yes. different levels, but again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you can follow me, your host, uh, Sarita at Sarita Fonta, S-C-R-I-T-A-F-O-N-T-A on Instagram and TikTok. That's where I'm most active and Pinterest. If you're trying to see all the tutorials that I've been watching, um, and you can follow the podcast at Not Ugly Pod, P-O-D, on all platforms. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you. That was the end. Go tell a friend to listen to the Not Ugly Pod. Look, I'm still not a rapper. <laughs>